Um, you know, it seems like almost every week those those seeds that you, you plant as an entrepreneur and those people that you go out and meet and those connections you make, um, you know, even the, the smallest things, um, you know, you never know when, when they can uh, blossom into something that, uh, you know, that's amazing. Absolutely. And, um, and something that I, I really learned, um, you know, almost like a, a skill set uh, at school was how to make something out of nothing um, and being able to take the resources that, that you have, um, the opportunities that you have, and then connect the dots to, to create something new that nobody's seen before. Well, right now, uh, we are working on the build-out um, for a probably the most uh, exciting new retail um, that's coming downtown uh, that has come down for a while. I'm Andy Golding, Partner and Chief Strategy Officer of Crippy Enterprises. I'm excited to introduce my first episode of my new podcast, Toledo Works. In these podcasts, I speak with self-made business owners from Toledo, Ohio, to uncover their stories of success, perseverance, and triumph. This podcast is sponsored by Kripke Enterprises. At Kripke, recycling metal is not just good for the environment, it's good for business. This podcast is produced by Stewart Media Strategy. Today, I am very excited to introduce my first guest, Matt Rubin. Matt is a visionary in the world of urban revitalization. He is a principal of Crane Development based in downtown Toledo, and he is on a mission to breathe new life into distressed commercial properties since 2014. Starting with the project at 614 Adam Street, Matt's passion is securing investments and transforming once vacant properties into restaurants, retail, and living space. Additionally, Matt is married with three children. Welcome, Matt, to the first ever podcast. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you being here. Now, the reason I wanted you, Matt, to be our first guest for this podcast is because our paths crossed once before. Our paths uh, uh, around 2014, when you were starting your business, I was looking to expand this business. And I had been given your name as someone who is potentially looking for a new opportunity. So you and I met. You had said you had some other things going on. Who knew at that point what everything that would be going on? And you recommended another person to me who ended up being a great person, and it's all worked great. But it's the reason I wanted you to be first is because I feel like I was at the beginning of the crossroad of when you left the advertising world and went into the um, investment and revitalization world. Is that accurate? Am I right? Um, yeah, it is about the, that time in yeah, 2014. I uh, was really um, uh, fortunate to be working uh, locally with an advertising ag agency, um, Hart Associates, and uh, got really uh, involved in the community, got to understand a lot of the different um, aspects and a lot of different entrepreneurs and um, network and meet people like yourself um, and uh, like the the gentleman that you you mentioned that we ended Patrick up, Richardson. Yep, it's no secret that it's we no ended secret. up uh, yeah getting here at, at Kripke. I know he's he's really enjoyed it and I think that's um, that's one of um, I think the small examples of it how in in Toledo and as an entrepreneur and when you're involved things kind of always seem to come full circle. And uh, I think I've found that from the time I first got involved uh, in downtown real estate, um, you know, to, to now and, um, you know, it seems like almost every week those those seeds that you, you plant as an entrepreneur and those people that you go out and meet and those connections you make, um, you know, even the, the smallest things, um, you know, you never know when when they can 
uh, blossom into something that, uh, you know, that's amazing Absolutely. and, and strategy. So Absolutely. it's really great to, to, to see how things have worked out like it, that. It really, it really has. So you're in advertising and you decide that you want to go and revitalize buildings. Like how do you even, how does that even happen? You go from <laughs> making cartoons and doing stuff like <laughs> this to, you know, tearing down buildings. How does that work? Tell me your, tell me what that process was and tell me what gave you the courage to do it. Sure. Um, I've always been uh, more entrepreneurial. And uh, while at school at the University of Toledo, I um, got involved in several student organizations that kind of started from the ground up. Um, and something that I, I really learned, um, you know, almost like a, a skill set uh, at school was how to make something out of nothing um, and being able to take the resources that, that you have, um, the opportunities that you have, and then connect the dots to, to create something new that nobody's seen before that... Um, you know, can be shocking. Now, you were also the president of your class at the University of Toledo for how many years? I was uh, the student government president for student two years. Student government. Okay, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So now you you um, you learn how to make something out of nothing. But mm -hmm. again, you're in advertising. You've got a full time job. You're like probably a regular paycheck. Mm -hmm. And tell me, tell me when the the, the switch flipped. Sure. Um, I was working, uh, one of our clients uh, was a local real estate uh, investment trust. And so I had started to learn um, a considerable amount about real estate just from being involved um, with that client. And the more I learned um, about, you know, taking a long-term focus and uh, looking at trends and really meeting the market and solving people's problems, um, real estate just started to, to really grow in my mind as a really exciting um, entrepreneurial venture that, um, that somebody like me without much experience could you know, start um, start that journey uh, just by educating myself, reading books, going out and meeting um, other real estate professionals in the area. And so, through doing that, I um, uh, yeah, found enough courage to to sit down and and look at opportunities for real, and um, you know, spell out some performas and see what what different opportunities could perform which way and what are the best ones. And um, then went out and sold that to a couple, uh, my, my brother and another friend, we all invested some cash and uh, we bought the building at 614 Adams Street in downtown Toledo, um, which is now Fallen Fodder Restaurant. That's amazing. And did, did you write a business plan? Was that, I mean, was this what your pro formas? Was this like on paper and Excel? Was, I mean, was this real performas or like, you know, Excel math? Uh, it was, it was Excel math. It, um, okay. and it, it, at first, it was looking at um, single-family houses near the University of Toledo and seeing, um, you know, what are the potential rents there? What what does that look like? And then what are these commercial properties in downtown Toledo um, looking like? And so I was living downtown at the time. Um, this was before Prometica had announced they were moving um, their headquarters down and really started to, you know, see the the beauty down there. Um, you've got, uh, you know, shipping uh, uh, ships that are, are going up and down the river. You've got bald eagles that are flying over your head. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's just, there's so many cool yeah, things that go on. Downtown's amazing. Yeah, downtown's there's so many cool things that go on in, uh, in that area. And so I uh, really started to see this potential. And, and that's what really made me take a hard look to say if if more people are starting to move uh, downtown and um, and then eventually Prometica did make their announcement. And with all these people coming to work, there's going to be opportunities for places that they need to go eat and to shop. For sure. Um, to live and um, understanding downtown from being a resident um, for a while. Um, uh and seeing those opportunities, it just, it really pushed me to, to jump on it. And so that was when we had bought that building. So on now Ad you, Street. now you have the pro forma for the building, mm -hmm. all right. And now you've done some other projects. Now, when you look at that pro forma that you did for that business using Excel math and Excel, boy, it's a powerful tool. It can make you very wealthy. It can make you very poor with just tiny little percentages. 
was that performa at all? Was it accurate? Was it not accurate? Were your projections like what was reality compared to what you thought it was going to be? Mm -hmm. um, I would say the, the biggest um, uh, difference there was probably in the timing. It took um, you know twice as long as we thought. Runway. Yep, the runway. Yeah, twice as long, and you know they take twice, twice as long cost twice as much. Luckily, it didn't cost uh, twice as much. We had. Um, one additional capital call that, that we had to make before getting everything um, up and running. But um, uh, when it did, and I, you know, I've recently gone back and looked at those things, and uh, it's been kind of surprising to see how how close some of those um, have actually. So the numbers up. were accurate, but the time that it took to get to those numbers. Mm -hmm. So as a as an entrepreneur is listening, your advice or your practical tip is. Um, yeah, plan accordingly, um, especially with um, with something that you've never done before. Right. Uh, timing, it's I think budgeting for double what you think is, is That's gotta not a be bad brutal. practice. That's got to be brutal. Mm -hmm. So now you get the uh, you get the restaurant in, and when you get the restaurant in, you someone approaches you and says, "Hey, what else is what else are you doing? I kind of want to do this stuff too." Mm -hmm. And that's I believe that's when you met your partner. Yes, that's correct. All right. So um, tell me about your partnership and how how did it start and how is it going now? Sure. So after um, Felon Fodder was starting to look at, I was starting to look at other opportunities in downtown Toledo. Uh, found a three-story building uh, on Tenth and Jackson, right across from Shoemaker Loop and Kendrick, um, and uh, uh, was able to make an off-market deal. Um, put together. Um, What's an off-market deal? So the building wasn't listed by a, a real estate agent. Okay. And typically, um, if you can, um, you know, work directly with the buyer, there was a real estate agent that that had um, made the introduction, um, but there wasn't an active listing, so I wasn't competing with other buyers um, to make the deal. Okay. Um, and so with this building, had put together a, a program with some creative financing and with some investment as part of it, and had um, start to work my networks and and get the word out. Um, and through that, had gotten connected with Julia Randalls, um, who had just moved to the Toledo area from Chicago. Um, she had spent um, about 15 years in commercial construction, um, wow. doing um, you know really large projects, really interesting stuff. She worked on the Shedd Aquarium. Oh my gosh! So um, for an ad guy to have a partner with 15 years experience, that had to be uh, that had to be fantastic. Exactly. Yep. I saw somebody that was you know a perfect complement and had all those skills that I didn't have. And sure. when we're going into these buildings and and tearing them up, you know, there's only so far you can get on finding a good deal and and being able to make the get the investment. You got to be able to um, manage that risk of construction. Sure. Um, which is is really high, and and so a lot of people um, like partnerships. A lot of people. What are what are some of the um, highs and lows of this partnership? Not the, obviously the the detail, but what what are some of the difficulties of having? What are some of the great parts? Other than she's brought she brought great talent to the table, but when you're a, when you want to be an entrepreneur and now you have a partner and you both have potentially different goals and different thoughts. Like what are some low parts of partnership? What are some difficulties of partnership? Sure. Um, are you comfortable talking about low parts of <laughs> partnership or just difficulty of partnership? Sure. The, um, so I think we're naturally um, in conflict in, in our roles that I'm always trying to get um, cost down and she's always trying to manage the risk. <laughs> and uh, so to do that when I'm, um, you know, doing a, a performer for a project, um, I'll, I'll look at the market for what rents are and what's, you know, what we're going to see there because 
if you, it's hard to budget for above the market on, on what you can get on rent. And that's a good a way to, from my side of things, you can get in trouble if you think you're going to get more money than the market really is offering. If um, you start doing Excel math. Yep, exactly. Right. Um, and so uh, for me, when I get to the construction line, I then say, okay, well, how much does this have to cost in construction for it to meet the market? Right. And, uh, you know, I'll kick that over to my partner and she takes it, you know, the opposite way is that, well, this is the market for construction. Uh, and if, uh, and so we, you know, we, we will battle sure. back and forth on that, um, but uh, you know, like so, there's there's conflict there naturally, and so that always has to be um, worked out. But uh, we get to the best result by doing that, and it's really helped guide us to see what are the best opportunities, really, where the work that it needs in construction is at a certain amount, and we can uh, purchase the building and rent it out for a certain amount. And what's that that window of success there? So, have you ever used? So sometimes. Have you ever gotten to a stalemate between what you think and what your partner thinks? And have you ever used a third party to help you walk through decision making? Have you ever had a mentor that has mentored both of you or has walked through issues or situations in a partnership? Because they're difficult. Mm -hmm. um, we will... Um you know, reach out on occasion if, if we do get to a stalemate and maybe um, uh, there are other uh, other developers we can talk to and, you know, bounce off similar questions or other contractors in the market where we can, um, yeah, you know, Julia can say, you know, Matt's beating up my numbers, saying that it's too high. Um, right. Hey, contractor, what do you think this this really is? Uh, and, that's and, how much plumbing is. Yep. And that's right. what they'll, they'll typically say. And I've got sure. to go back and I've got to, uh, you know, be creative. Or I've got to find another um, creative financing tool or a different use or uh, another another way to make it work. Sure, so you've talked about creative financing a couple times mm -hmm. and, and um, budding entrepreneurs, a lot of them are going to need financing. What, what do you define as creative financing? Mm -hmm. um, I would define creative financing as anything that is not um, your typical conventional bank loan. Okay. Um, so one of the, the easiest ways uh, to um, to achieve getting some creative financing is with uh, private seller financing. So if you uh, buy a property, uh, the owner maybe doesn't need all that cash right away. So we'll say, okay, will, will you ha hold on to the note and can we arrange financing terms and um, pay a monthly, um, you know, pay that note on a monthly basis going forward for a certain amount of time. Um, and what that will do is it helps on the fees on uh, sure. just the cost of the deal and it helps with the speed. Um, and typically if, if that is the, um, you know, the disposition of the seller that, that they don't need the cash right now. I mean, they're, they're going to collect more money for that building than they would have before. Right. Um, so that's one way in, in real estate you could do it. But, um, you know, a, uh, using private investors, um, writing those notes, um, doing things like PACE financing. What's that? Um, it's called Property Assessed Clean Energy uh, Financing. And it's a program uh, here in Toledo uh, throughout Lucas County where you can perform energy improvements um, on an existing commercial structure. Through the Port Authority? Mm -hmm. Yep, okay. through the Port Authority. And they'll give you up to one third of the completed value of that building in zero down financing to okay. do those improvements. And then um, the cost for that ends up on your tax bill um, rather than a bill in your from property a bank, tax. On bill. your property tax. All right, so yep. it stays with the property. Correct indefinitely or mm -hmm. is there a term to it yep, or there's is a term okay mm -hmm. and that's actually how we were able to finance the uh, improvements for the fallen fodder uh, property really mm -hmm. so the facade work that we did the windows the hvac those were done um, through pace financing so it was a way that we were able um, to get really scrappy at the beginning um, and not have to have a bunch of cash up front but still be able to 
um, find a way to work with our tenant to have these improvements um, financed. That's great. The Port Authority is a great resource for any business in mm-hmm. this area. We used the Port Authority when we bought this building. They 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 quarterbacked all of the all of our financing relationships and uh, Jobs Ohio and I mean they were invaluable. Mm-hmm. And and as a side note, what the Port Authority does in our community is unbelievable. And mm-hmm. if anyone has a chance to learn more about the Port Authority, I highly recommend that they do because it's a it's a great organization. So what project are you working on as we speak? Sure. Well, right now uh, we are working on the build out um, for a probably the most uh, exciting new retail. Um, that's coming downtown uh, that has come down for a while. It's called Ridge and River. Um, so it's an outdoor equipment and apparel shop. Um, it's the first location for this store. Um, the business was started uh, by an entrepreneur uh, local uh, here in Toledo as well. Uh, he's a 27 year old guy and uh, was working, um, I believe, with Owens Corning and uh, was living in DC for a while, doing a lot of e commerce okay. um, type of work and decided to start his own e commerce company. Um, so his company, Ridge and River, sells um, outdoor equipment and apparel. He's got um, two warehouses. Uh, he just expanded um, in the Northwood area, and so is all all online. But wants to have that um, brick and mortar presence. Wants to be a part of the revitalization um, in Toledo. And also, there's a, a market um, for these types of goods, and a lot of folks in the area have to drive to Ann Arbor um, to go to these specialty retail shops. So we were really excited um, to make this deal. Um, just this past year where we acquired the building. We, is we, that Liberty Square or which building is that? Is it that it's in? Uh, this is um, across the street from Fallon Fodder on Adams Street. Okay. So we were able to acquire this building um, earlier this year where uh, we brought on uh, Kyle, the owner of Ridge and River, as a partner. Okay. Uh, we also... Um, a 27-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He's, he's very, very impressive. <laughs> um, and we brought on another investor um, actually from out of state, um, who made a significant contribution to acquire the building, okay. um, help finance the improvements. And so it's really going to help, I think, set the tone um, for the block. And it's going to add a lot um, to what we have there with Fallen Fodder. Uh, and we're looking to also bring some other offerings to the block. So, you know, um, as as I was preparing for our conversation today, uh, brick and mortar retail, like, does that clearly it fits because there's a number of people that want to make an investment in what you just described. And yet I see other brick and mortar retail going away. How do you, how do you, is it specialties, very specialized or what is it about brick and mortar that you feel like investing in now is the right thing? Mm-hmm. I think um, it has to be specialized, um, like you say, and it has to be something different. I think, um, you know, talk, people talk about the death of retail, and I think it's the death of boring retail. I think there has to be that experience component. It has to be um, interesting, and I think that that experience is what people want and what drives them to a store today versus just uh, maybe the product. So when we work with our tenants, um, we like to work with people who are local that really understand the area, the market, the people, um, and they understand what it means to, to build that experience. So Kyle's a great example of, of somebody like that, an entrepreneur that we're able to you know come together and really be greater than the, the sum of our parts. And that's amazing. I think the um, the space when everybody sees it, I think is gonna um, you know I think it's gonna blow people away. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think that with what's going on with the metro parks right now mm-hmm. and this and the they're you know they're kayaking. This store is gonna have kayaking mm-hmm. equipment and outdoor equipment and mm-hmm. you know I, I've been 
there's going to be urban camping in downtown Toledo. So it does sound like that it is an amazing fit. And that sounds incredible. And the Metro Parks have been a great um, assistance uh, as well. They've actually partnered um, where Kyle is going to be giving a portion of the proceeds um, to the Metro Parks and is also going to be um, providing um, some of the Metro Parks apparel and uh, uh, doing some work with the Metro Parks uh, in that regard. So it's um, it's really exciting, the partnership and, and that um, the different um, stakeholders downtown have really embraced this concept. Tell me about Library Square. Sure. Library Square uh, was the first project that um, Julia Randalls and I worked on uh, together as uh, as a partnership in Crane Development, and it was an Opportunity Zone uh, fund deal. So what that means is that, uh, as part of the 2017 tax reform, uh, there was this program put in place for Opportunity Zones where areas that are economically um, distressed, they were incentivized uh, for investment. So folks that had existing capital gains from selling stocks, they could reinvest in these um, low-income areas. They could defer their capital gains, um, reduce them over time, hmm. and, and was a nice uh, was a nice tool. And it just so happened that um, all of almost all of downtown was selected as an opportunity zone um, area, which was great because it was a place where we were already working in, and it really just um, you know added some icing on the cake. Um, so we decided to go forward with this um, private offering. So we raised um, $500,000 um, from mostly um, local investors that we met um, just through networking and kind of sharing what we were about and what we were trying to do. Um, we also were able to um, get about $120,000 in grants from the city of Toledo to do some facade work and then worked with a local bank. So in total, it was a $2 million project. Uh, we developed 10 apartments and 4,000 square feet of retail space. Uh, the retail space was fully leased up. We have a bridal shop, Forevermore Bridal, uh, that's operating. Uh, we also have BMWC Constructors. They are an industrial construction firm um, based out of the area. Uh, and then we also have um, uh, Bella Rose uh, Hair Salon, which they are just finishing up uh, their build out now. Uh, but there'll be a, a, a uh, booth salon uh, that's got a really interesting um, interior. Some of the original um, tin ceiling is, is in the building. Great. And um, uh, the front facade has Frank Lloyd Wright designed hmm. um, prism glass um, pieces. And so there's just a lot of history in these in these old buildings, and it's really great to be a part of the preservation. That's of those. fantastic. And what about the, so you have 10 apartments in there as well? Mm -hmm, correct. Are they all sold out? Uh, we have one vacancy right now, but we're getting quite a bit of interest, and it, it probably won't last long. And what are the what what would you tell people about? Uh, everybody wants to buy a second house to rent out or Airbnb. Mm -hmm. What is the reality about renting to people or renters, or what has that experience been like for you? Um, yeah, uh, I think there is a quite a bit of risk in in the whole um, you know scheme of real estate in that management piece, and I think uh, owning property you want to make sure that it's managed well so that um, you know, you're really getting your, your proper return and you're securing that investment um, well into the future. And so the, the way that we do that is through um, proper tenant screening, because if we can um, do a really good job screening our tenants, setting expectations, um, giving them an orientation on, on how we expect the building to be treated and, um, and give them that, that equal respect, we found that that's really helped us in maintaining our properties and also maintaining um, those relationships with our tenants. We think the relationship aspect of things is, is really, really important. Um, so we're always as responsive as possible, um, and we try to always add value uh, whenever we can. That's great. Does you, do you run your business with core values or unbreakable principles? Um, we do. Uh, uh, integrity uh, is certainly our our biggest um, principle. Um, when you know you're you're dealing with investors and when you're dealing with tenants, 
um, you know, it's it can be it can be an emotional you know type of process for for all those folks. Sure, it's where people live. Mm-hmm, exactly, or where they make their money, like mm-hmm. you. And so, um, you know, trust uh, and respect uh, are paramount. So we we're always um, we're always making sure that we do what we say and and we say what we do. That's great. So now, you become the mayor of Toledo, or maybe the <laughs> emperor of Toledo. What wishes would you have for downtown Toledo? Hmm. So it, um, uh, real estate development in downtown Toledo is difficult. Um, there's a reason why a lot of the buildings are in the condition that they are and that things have become um, in the, the condition that, uh, that they've fallen into. And at the end of the day, a lot of the times the buildings, uh, you can make an investment to fix them up, but they may not be worth uh, what you put into them. Um, and sure. so it makes it difficult for investment, especially when um, you've got other markets competing for those dollars like uh, Columbus, where the rents are going to be higher and the construction costs um, are lower. Right. So to um, make projects work in this market and to be successful, um, you got to get really, really scrappy and you've got to get um, really creative and you have to find a way to make the financing work and you have to find a way to um, save money at every corner. And you have to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. You have to dig in. You mm-hmm. got to grind it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, an, an example um, about that that ties to, to Kripke is that one of the big expenses that we have, especially during demolition, uh, is dumpsters. And we can spend, you know, $400 um, per dumpster, and maybe we've got to fill up 12 of them, 15 wow. of them. Um, and so, it, you know, it starts to add up really quickly. Um, so what, what we do now in every building that we go into is we'll identify all the metal scrap. Um, we'll take that out. We'll separate it. We don't put any of it in the dumpster because the way we see it, it's just costing us, you know, money, taking up space. Sure. Um, and we work with um, partners in the downtown where we will either um, give them the scrap or have them uh, come in and haul it out for us, which will help. Or in a lot of cases, if, you know, when we're trying to help the bottom line of that project, we're scrapping it uh, ourselves. And um, yeah. and so I've frequented uh, Kripke often. Absolutely. We love it. Yep. We love it. We tell people all the time, you know, it's a great, uh, the, the um, recycling metal is a great way to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And the people that you see on the, picking up your grill on the side of the road, and I mean, they're bringing it here to recycle it. And when you recycle metal, you're providing the raw materials that make the things that make the United States work. Mm-hmm. So, okay, going back, you're emperor of downtown <laughs> Toledo. Right. So I get what you're saying about the um, the if you the value that you create in the building just might not be valuable enough to Correct. make it make sense. Mm-hmm. So is, are there things that um, are there other, are there things in downtown that would help that? There are. Yep. So there are programs um, like uh, historic tax credits. Um, so that's an example of a. a a program that can step in and can bridge that gap, and um, and although you know on on paper based on what it rents for, the building may not be worth um, the amount that you spend. Once you factor in that tax credit, you know you you push yourself into um, you know a, a nice uh, uh, positive deal that you know any investor would would want to be involved in. Um, so it's coming up with those incentives that are um, you know they're not to line the pockets of developers; they're to make the projects feasible, competitive, so competitive, and, right? Um, and that being, you know, public dollars infused into these projects. I mean, these buildings are public goods. They're they're things that you people drive down the street and they see, and it makes an impact on how they feel about their, their community and how they feel about themselves. Um, so it's important that um, I think the our leaders um, look at that and say, if you know, if we want to have 
um, a community that we're proud of. Um, we need to be able to, to make that public investment. Are there businesses, are there support businesses that are not downtown that if they were downtown, it would make life a little easier? And if there are, what are they? Sure. Um, uh, I can can relate to this from being a, a downtown resident. Um, there were times where uh, I remember making hamburgers and we were short on some um, buns, some vegetables. Oh, and, and, sure. and so there, there wasn't a grocery store at the time. This was before market on the green. Right. Um, so we ended up going to the subway, uh, by the high level bridge <laughs> and just asked for some uh, tomato slices and lettuce. And they were very, um, right. generous and just gave us someone who said, all right, now this is how we, this is how we get our, our vegetables living downtown. Sure. Uh, you know, and since then there's been a lot of progress. Um, but I think, a um, a full service grocery store closer to the uh, very core of the city. Um, I think would be a great step forward, especially with all of the new residential um, that's come online in the last um, just few years and um, the additional residential units we have on the way. Um, also a pharmacy, I think would be key. That's something where you have to drive outside of downtown in order to, um, to get to. So I think both of those items uh, are gonna be uh, game changers for quality of life downtown and are gonna uh, continue to drive people to live there. Great, and, and what, um what do you see as your future projects? What give us a little glimpse? Maybe not, maybe not take us all the way behind the curtain. But what type of projects would you like to do next? Um, I would love to do um, large transformational projects um, that are in areas of, um, I would say, high visibility uh, in the downtown. So we'd like to look at some of the areas where. Um, um, See, I'm, I don't want to give much away, but uh, as we've um, as we've started uh, in development, you know, we were on Adams Street with Fallon Fodder, and we've we've picked up some more of the properties there. Um, on Madison is where we have Library Square, right? Um, closer to Tenth uh, Street, and getting a little bit more uptown. Um, so we've been on kind of the the outskirts of um, you know the warehouse district and and the more central city. So I think we'd like to continue to move into that that central area and find those larger opportunities. Great. And if people want to invest with you, how do they get in touch with you? Um, our website, cranedevelopment.com, uh, is the best way to connect with us. Um, there, we've got forms to uh, contact us and also a little bit of information um, on investing with us. And um, it's also really important that we're always um, out there networking and collecting leads. The most powerful thing for us when we go to market is having a tenant in our pocket. Sure. Uh, because if we can have, uh, uh, well, the, the, the three things that we, we really need to operate, we need to, we need to have a building, we need a tenant and we need investment. Um, but having that tenant first can drive the rest of those really easily. A bank is going to finance on a lease. Um, an investor is going to see the opportunity. So, um, of, of those three things that we're constantly, um, uh, uh, trying to cultivate, um, having those tenant leads is the most important. So if you're any one of those things, get in touch with Matt Rubin and uh, join in the revitalization of downtown Toledo. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks for being much. the first one. Thank you. Thank you.